It's Adasha Townsend of the Feast and Fashion Podcast. I'm a veteran food and beverage journalist who's worked with some of the most notable media outlets in the world. Feast and Fashion is the intersection of food and fashion, one beautiful plate or glass at a time. With each episode, I will introduce you to fascinating, fabulous people in the culinary industry. Today, Donnie Medea joins me. He is the managing partner and owner of One Off Hospitality in Chicago. His restaurant group is behind such award-winning concepts as a Beck, Publican, and a Violet Hour. Medea is also one of Chicago's most fashionable businessmen, and we talk about that, plus the state of the restaurant industry during this exciting episode. Welcome to Feast and Fashion, Donnie. When's the last time we saw each other in person? Oh my God, the last time I saw you in person was, I think, sometime in 2019, like the fall or something. It's been it's been before it's been after that for sure. I, I don't think I saw you in 2020 at all. But that's okay. You're I saw wait a minute, now that I mention it, now that I think about it, I saw you hanging out in the West Loop with Kevin Bame, the other restaurateur fashionisto. I saw you guys hanging out. That was like, oh my God, this is like the perfect photograph right now, but I was driving, so I didn't have a chance uh, I didn't have a chance to actually shoot it. We've become course in the last three years. For sure. Okay. You guys have so many things in common. I want to talk about that, of course. But first of all, I want to talk about how are you so stylish? I mean, you've got to be one of the most fashionable restaurateurs in Chicago. And is this just something that you kind of grew into? Or have you always been like this at life? I don't know about life. I think maybe the stylish part of me is just something that I like the sensibility of it, but I don't want to overdo it. Um, I still want to be understated, but I don't want to be too forward. I like the middle ground a little bit, you know, quality over quantity. I think that's a really important uh, aspect. You know, how many pairs of pants do you really need? How many pairs of shoes do you really need? Because usually I try to not think about what to wear to go to work, right? Because I don't want to overwhelm myself. I just, you know, with Bronson... Estelle, we're trying to have dinner before I go back to work in, in the middle of the evening. If I do go back to work and I, I just don't want to make it a big deal. So I guess it's been a part of me for a long, long time. I do like clothing. I do like quality as long as it's, you know, tastefully done. Okay. Now I got to stop you. You said something about how many pairs of shoes can you have? Now, you know that that's a trick question. <laughs> you can never have too many shoes, Donnie. Never, never, never. And I've seen your shoe collection or some of it being out and about. I, I think I just wear it. I wear the same shoes all the time. I really do. When I like something, I just like to wear it. Like I have these pair of camouflage pants that I might wear three times a week, um, maybe with a different shirt or jacket. But, you know, they have a little stretch in it, so they bounce right back so I can wear it and the next day or the day after. It sounds goofy like I would wear a pair of pants two or three times a week, but I do. Now, how has your style evolved over the years? When I first met you, when you were a doorman at the Funky Buddha Lounge, and those were the days, weren't they? The Buddha, remember that club? You <laughs> on Grand Avenue. Um, yes, you were wearing a suit then. You were always dapper, you're the VIP doorman, and you were always dapper. So has your style evolved since then or has it just remained the same because it's so timeless? 
Well, that's a great question. I, has it evolved? I, I hope that I evolve as a person. Estelle and I talk about that all the time. And I think it's important that if you evolve in a person, I can't wear what I what I wore at the Funky Buddha Lounge. Now, I, I don't know if it would fit my persona. I'm older. I have I don't have salt and pepper hair anymore. I have white hair now. So I need to tone it down a little bit. So the, the importance there is, has my style or, or has my, yeah, my style's changed. Um, I still like to wear a suit. I still like to wear a shirt and tie, but I like to do it tastefully and not be like a, a flashing yellow sign behind me going, look at this guy, look at this guy. He needs attention. I try to subdue that. Um, I try to be a little bit more subdued wearing darker colors and just, I enjoy the dress. I enjoy style. Um, but I don't want to, I still want to be unassuming in this pursuit of it. Now, I've asked you, of course, and I know what your answer is whenever I ask you this question. So I'm not going to ask it, but I'm just putting it out there. So we've discussed in detail before. You have all these amazing restaurants. And I've always asked you what your favorite restaurant is. But I'm not going to ask you that out of all of your restaurants under one-off hospitality. What I'm going to ask you is how your apparel changes when you go from place to place you know you're a you're a big uh star which is you know the taco bar and whiskey lounge then you're at the violet hour of course that's that upscale cocktail lounge and then you're mm-hmm. at a vet which you know chic and casual so how does your attire differ when you're working from place to place or does it i don't think it does uh, if i want to try and make those rounds Maybe I just might wear jeans and gym shoes if I'm coming from a Vac River North. And if I have to run over to Big Star, I might just take the jacket off and just tone it down a little bit, right? Because it, it's a honky tonk and nobody needs to see me walk in with a suit or coat there. It's like, who's this guy, man? How come he's so like, <laughs> where's he going at the taco, at the taco bar? Um, so the jacket will come off and I'll just roll up my sleeves a little bit and, and make it a little bit more relaxed. But I, I, I mainly, right now, I, I go from Avec West Loop to Avec River North, but I've been, I've been putting in some time at Public and Quality Meets. And in fact, that's one of my favorite shifts in the afternoon, uh, putting in a couple hours there with the team and, and helping them services, uh, servicing guests and running food and, and, taking, and taking orders and busing tables. So my attire that day might be shorts and a t-shirt. So I, I do fluctuate in these fashion commitments that you're putting out. <laughs> I have to be honest with you, I, not to mention, but to mention Blackbird. Maybe I, I had to dress a little bit more for dinner service there, more like a maybe. Now I, I, don't, I don't have to. Um, so I, I think that I pick and choose, pick and choose items that can be more befitting to uh, circulate the restaurants if I have to go to a couple that night. Okay, I was going to ask about Blackbird, but I didn't want to ask about Blackbird because, you know, that was one of my favorite restaurants in Chicago. And, you know, period, because I remember when you were building it out, that's your like your baby. And I know it's you had to close it last year. But uh, Blackbird, you were always as sharp as a tack, as my mother would say. You were always like, my goodness, this man suits. You're kind. Yeah, a Blackbird plays a special role in every, a, a special part in every Chicagoan 
or out-of-town guests that, that frequent or went to that restaurant once or many times in the course of the 22 years of existence. We were all very excited about that restaurant. Ricky, Edward, and Paul, and we all poured a lot of time and effort and love and passion into that restaurant. And I think it showed in the food, it showed in the hospitality, and it showed in the dining experience overall. It also showed in, in the happiness of each guest. So it's missed, but that was then, this is now. So yeah, got to keep moving. I feel like it set the blueprint too for everything else that came behind it. And that's why I love the name of uh, One Hoff Hospitality because mm -hmm. every establishment looked completely different from the next. And I want you to talk about the design aspects that went into each establishment, you know, from the Violet Hour, which is also one of my favorites, to Evac, to mm -hmm. Sure. Um, if we talk about design, we have to talk about Thomas Slesher, the architect and design designer of those restaurants, and how much interaction and passion he had, uh, and also collaboration uh, with Paul, myself, and and all the other partners to interact with him and allow that that synergy and that passion to play a, a, an important role in his design. Well, I believe that because we were friends with him and became friends with him, he's almost like the fifth beetle, uh, to, to use the term, how important his uh, design uh, sensibility was to the success of those restaurants. You know, they're really longstanding and he plays a really, really important part in that design of, of those designs in those restaurants. And it, it just, I wouldn't be able to do it anything, any justice or be who we were without without the fifth beetle. So I think it's really important to mention Thomas and, and everything that he brought to the table for all of those concepts. Can you talk about some of your favorite design elements, like say, for example, the Violet Hour? I think that the Violet Hour's high back chairs that mm. conceal each guest. I thought that was a brilliant design aspect of Thomas. His color palette was really sensible. It's this light blue. It makes people feel very comfortable in that space, even though the space is dark, but you're surrounded by this really, really soft blue. I think that the individual uh, arrangement behind the bar made you almost feel that you were mono, mono, um, mono, a mono with, with your bartender. So he has these little cutouts in, in the bar that uh, section off every three bar stools that are very generous in size. So I, I thought that, that that was a really appealing idea that he, uh, or concept that he came up with that made you feel that you were, that you had your own bartender for the evening almost. I also thought that he encapsulated the room with curtains and how he separated those rooms individually. So you just didn't walk into one big space. You walked in, in, into individual rooms that were small enough, three individual rooms. So you felt, again, you felt comfortable in these smaller spaces instead of being overwhelmed with one giant space, cavernous space. There's nothing like it in Chicago. Out of all the cocktail bars I've ever been to here, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. And some people have tried to emulate it, but you guys, it was just on such a high level. It can't possibly be done. And I love the intimacy that, like you said, that he brought to those that space. Again, I, I think that there's a collaboration as well. Um, you know, Toby Maloney, our, our partner there, and our other partners, Peter and, and Terry, 
Terry Alexander and Peter Garfield, you know, we collaborated with Thomas and he was able to pick up certain nuances about ice. And he went back historically to the to the beginning of, of cocktail making and how they went back in, in time to develop ice for these these important drinks. So there's so many little nuances that I could try to pull out, but they're they're so important that again we go back to the collaboration and and how we set the how we set the stage for that for that space and how it took on a, a life of its own by these creations of of cocktails that date back to the eighteen the mid eighteen hundreds. I love the stories that some of those cocktails tell when you go there. And if you don't know anything about them, your people were very willing to tell those stories. I love it. Now talk about Publican and the design aspects that you love there. I think, again, just the use of, uh, of space, the globes. So he takes this iconic globe that was designed in the early 1900s. Um, and then he just overdeveloped the concept, not overdeveloped it, but developed the concept in a way where instead of just using a few globes, he creates a dining area that's centralized by all of these globes. I think there's 86 in total, Wow, seven rows, and then um, how many more that take on this, this area. So what he did was he centralized the dining room to make it feel like you're in this space, even though the ceilings are 13 and a half, ceil- 13 and a half feet tall, okay. you feel like you're in this space surrounded above you by these globes. So I think that's an important aspect. And and also when that was one of the only restaurants on this on Fulton Market, it gave the dining room, it gave the building a, a glow. So it, it it drew you in to that space when that space was really dark before the new cityscape took over and, and they put new lamps on the street and made illuminated the the street. So I thought that that was a really important aspect because that street was dark for many, many years, and it was the only restaurant on that on that street for, I don't know, it's got to be maybe five to six years before anybody else popped up. I didn't even think about that. I mean, when you think about how busy it is right now, right. and you're the pioneer there, wow, I never thought about it. It is so busy right now. My goodness. It is. Yeah, I think the other aspect he played off of, he, again, he goes back in the historical record, and he pulls a wallpaper, uh, La Cresta, I believe that's the way it's pronounced, uh, which is a vinyl base, a uh, very heavy wallpaper. Not, it's much heavier than any other wallpaper and, and it's preformed pattern. And he put that, and then also he put it on the ceilings and the walls. And um, so it encapsulates the dining room. The dining room's full, all wallpaper. So I thought that was another genius move on his part. Um, as well as the the wallpaper person who installed it, Steve K, an incredible craftsman, um, and it's held up to this date. So um, it's really stand the test of time. It's a modern space, not to look so modern. It, it takes you back in time. Mm-hmm. And uh, more recently, you opened a second installment of a VEC and mm-hmm. uh, the River North neighborhood, the original one, of course, is in the West Loop, and that rooftop is just absolutely stunning. And the views of it are absolutely gorgeous of too, what you get to see once you're standing on that rooftop. So talk about some of the favorite elements there as far as design. All right, so important to um, to note that Aaron Boone, 
our alum from Blackbird who went out who went out on her own in the last five years. Um, she helped design that space. I think she did a really, really good job um, blending materials. Before, it was nice, but it never had the continuity of a dining room. Now it has the continuity of a dining room. Instead of a few hanging globes, now there's an abundance of globes that hang down. Again, centralizing dining areas, which I thought was really smart. And then um, Paul has a really good friendship with the design company that made these really beautiful picnic benches, uh, LOLL, L-O-L-L. And we purchased these picnic benches that don't look like picnic benches. They have a design element as well. So I, I thought that was also super smart. And then also Bottle and Branch came in, Heather Schaus, and, and she worked in tandem with, with Aaron and also doing a really beautiful job of uh, putting plants and grasses to make that space feel not so big. So again, centralizing um, spaces so people feel comfortable and intimate to your point um, on an earlier comment that you made. I love that uh, bar back up there. Is Like I said, it's just absolutely gorgeous and at night. I mean, I wanted to stay there forever and they were like, no, you gotta go. Cause <laughs> it was time to leave. Oh, so it was, you know, it was, no, it closed a little bit early. That's too bad. But it just makes you want to go back. That's the thing about it. I love it. It looks really appealing mm -hmm. from the street as well. So you can see the globes, yeah. those globes and, and, the, um, and the string lights. So it's very attractive from the street. I think people see that and they want to come up there. Yes, absolutely. So talk about some of your favorite meals and like what is your perfect meal at, I'm just going to throw something out, at Big Star? You know, it's, it's unusual when I walk in that space for some reason, even though they fill you up, I just gravitate right towards the chips and guacamole and, and also the uh, fenditos, which I also yeah. love. But chips and guac all the time, that's one of my favorites. I probably can eat it every time I walk in there. Um, cocktails at the Violet Hour. What, what's your favorite? What's your go-to drink? I think my go-to uh, drink would be uh, the Last Word, which is a gin-based uh, cocktail. But I also been known to have a, a perfect uh, three to one gin martini. And then also sometimes with a little sweetness to it because of the honey, the bee's knees mm. is also a delicious um, option for me. I love a bee's knees. I don't think I have one every year, but I, uh, the last time I had one was at, <laughs> was at Violet Hour. And I'm not telling you that because I'm looking at you right now, uh, but I really did have it there. And it, I don't know what kind of honey you guys are using, but it definitely took it up a few notches that I'm used to. So, you know, Chicago, I mean, like you, like we just talked about, talked about all of these bars of yours and restaurants, and they've done very well, and they've gotten all these awards and everything, but you always feel like Chicago is considered a second-class city when it comes to, or third, when, you know, compared to New York restaurants and bars and LA restaurants and bars, I want you to give the case of why Chicago is way up there with them as far as our establishments. Where are the James Beard Awards held? <laughs> right, right, exactly. I think we have to get away from that uh, idea that Chicago is a, a, the second city or, or a second class city. I don't think it's a second class anything. I think it's a world class city uh, with world class restaurants. And one thing that I 
I know that you don't want to talk about COVID and we're not going to, but I think in the past 15 or 16 months, one thing has prevailed, the opportunity to think with like-minded people, a collaboration, not just a, a Chicago centralized collaboration, but a collaboration nationally. And I, I think restaurateurs and chefs didn't have, maybe they had friends in other cities that they would, that they would work with mm -hmm. or, or maybe run things by, but with the creation of the IRC, the Independent Restaurant Coalition, there was an opportunity to really get together, all of us, restaurant owners and chefs, and, and work really hard to save independent restaurants. You know, when you mentioned that we have all of these restaurants, they're all independent restaurants, like Doves has been asleep for 15 months, and we're hoping to resurrect that restaurant in the next 30 or 60 days because it has to be it's it's a, a neighborhood it's an it's an important neighborhood restaurant that has to be reopened and 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 we're going to do that but what i really want to say passionately is that i've worked with some of the greatest chefs and the greatest restaurant owners in the country to collaborate to help save restaurants and also give meeting to independent restaurants um, I think that's really important. So I'm really happy that all restaurant owners and, and chefs came together and, and created uh, such a special uh, place so we can hear each other. We can talk about PPP. We can talk about, you know, the uh, Restaurant Revitalization Fund. We can, we can talk about community and how it can help not just Chicagoans, mm -hmm. but New people in New York and Los Angeles and little smaller markets. Um, those important markets that don't have representation, now they do. So that's how I feel about Chicago. Uh, world-class city, world-class operators, and I, I don't think that there should be any more first-class, second-class, first-city, second-city, tenth-city. It's it's all cities. It, it has to be. It has to be a, a, a collaboration, socially, really important. Absolutely, especially after all, the, all that the restaurant industry has been through for the past almost two years. Yeah. Um, we spoke earlier just a little bit, speaking of independently owned uh, restaurants and restaurateurs, we spoke of Kevin Bame, who owns uh, Boca Restaurant Group, mm -hmm. and he said that over the past three years, you guys have gotten, you know, really tight. And what, what did you, what exactly did you mean by that? Are you guys collaborating or you guys bounce ideas off each other? What What's going on? I think what's important is, again, that that collaboration that we did, you know, with our friendship with Will and Anthony from New York and, and the Welcome Conference, Brian, Will, Anthony and Brian allowed us to do that in 2019 and we did. And then we were on we were on point to, to do it again in 2020. But you know what happened. Uh, COVID happened. So we had a we had a shelf that idea. So that was the collaboration that we worked so hard to, to again, bring the Welcome Conference to Chicago again, to, to note this experience that there is a, a conference for, for restaurants, for restaurant owners and chefs for, for Chicago. And, and, and we did that and we brought some really important names to some Chicagoan names, but some, some important uh, people that weren't Chicagoans. So exposing this city more and more um, mm -hmm. really raises the bar even more and more. And that's what everyone, that's what everyone does, did in the last 15 months, they raised the bar. I mean, I think that's absolutely great. 
there's like you you guys have these restaurants like you said you were the first one with publican and fulton market on mm -hmm. fulton market street with publican mm -hmm. and now i think he has one or two restaurants mm -hmm. there and then lettuce has a restaurant group there yeah. and somebody else i can't think of who they are right now oh right the, the time out market is on that block too yeah, right you, have you have kuma's um you have gus's wow uh, Joe Flem just opened a restaurant there. Right. Again, I, I think back to your point about Kevin. Why should there be envy? There should be communication and collaboration. I don't envy him. He doesn't envy me. We we just want to work together because we have to live in that. We have to live in that little in that little neighborhood of of the West Loop, and we have to exist in that. Why should there be any anything but collaboration? Maybe I can help him. Maybe he can help me and, and on and on with everyone like Joe and Joe Flem and, and everybody else that's in that neighborhood. Listen, I think the important part is our egos should never be that big and we should never think that we're too good for anyone else. Anyone. That goes around the entire city. And that's for everyone, not just because we're in the West Loop. So I hope that, listen, man, listen, I, I think the important part here is Chicago is a world-class um, city with great restaurants, great businesses, and also a lot of compassion for restaurants and a lot of compassion for people. And I think that we just need to keep working hard and help people. I really do. I think that's almost a good ending to our conversation. I have to ask one more. <laughs> Why haven't you ever come out with a clothing line or... Is that something that you would probably do or a boutique? You're shaking your head, but I have to ask. <laughs> I believe that people that make clothing make clothing because they want to be in that business. I don't want to be in that business. I, I would probably drive everyone mad um, if I came up with a, a line. I like wearing clothes tastefully. I think that business is really hard and you really have to nail it. You really have to be on point just like the restaurant business, but I don't know enough about that business. I really don't. I know what I like to wear, but I, I don't know if I can make it or if I can ship it or where I, you know, I know about fabric and I know about textile. I know that some of the greatest stuff comes from Italy. I don't have those relationships. So what I do is I collaborate with my friend, Greg Fishman, um, for fabric for our restaurants when we need, when we need textile for a restaurant. That's my go-to guy. And then he schools me about great fabric that he found in Italy. Um, and then he can help me purchase this stuff. So, and then who's going to cut all of this stuff and who's going <laughs> to sell all this stuff? I, I mean, it, it's, it's a difficult business. Um, and I, I give those, I give all of those manufacturers and, and designers great credit because they have a lot of work. There, there's a lot of work going into clothing, a lot of work. I know, I know. I'm just messing with you, Donnie. You're you're a restaurant guy, but I'm sure somebody has come to you at least once and said, "Hey, I, I hear so many stories about restaurateurs and chefs and and bartenders starting this line or that line, some kind of clothing line." So I just had to throw that out to you. I'm just messing with you. Maybe you and I can collaborate. How's yes. that? <laughs> I'll do the shoes, and you can do the ties. Or you know, I, I could see you designing some cute dresses for your wife. <laughs> You would wear them well, that's for sure. Absolutely. Well, Donnie, it has been a pleasure chatting with you. It's always great to see you and talk to you. Always, always, always. And I enjoy your restaurants. You and your team have done such a fabulous job. 
Well, thanks, Adarsha. And, and you are, are the consummate host in the city of Chicago. And again, thanks to you and your fashion and also not just your fashion, but also just your credibility when it comes to restaurants. And, and I know you like to dine, but you're a serious diner. You're credible. And that's really important to Chicago. And again, raising the bar, thanks to you. Well, that does it for this episode. I want to thank my guest, Donnie Medea, again for joining me. We're back next Friday with another outstanding, talented, and of course, stylish culinary personality you don't want to miss. Thank you so much for listening to Peace and Fashion on the Eat, Drink, Dine podcast network. I'm your host, Adasha Townsend. Meet me back here next Friday. Friday.